So first one we had lined up today, some RBA Reserve Bank data came out showing that uh, Australians set new record highs for debit and credit cards in November, and it's the highest yeah. amount of use and, and value since reporting began in 2002. Yeah. So over, over $43 billion was spent on personal debit cards and $25 billion on credit cards just in November, so a total of $69 billion of national transactions. Um, mm-hmm. The number of credit card accounts was the lowest since December 2006, but the purchases yep. and transactions were highest on record. So they're saying that makes, does that make sense that um, the amount of people using credit cards has dropped, but they're spending more? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. What were your thoughts about this? Do you think this is... Yeah, no, uh, I, think, I think the lady said from Raid City who did this report that this is probably a short-lived thing because I think... In the run up to that period, yeah, there was there was still a lot of places locked down, and we were waiting for the opening up, and <clears throat> yeah, for the unvaccinated to be allowed out into um, yeah, because that I think at that time, if you're unvaccinated, you still had sort of limited freedoms and that sort of stuff, and a lot of businesses decided. Like I know one of the one of our contacts owns a couple of McDonald's restaurants. And I went to a McDonald's in early December or late November to see some clients and they, you could not eat in at the McDonald's. You had to get drive-through, take it away or get Uber Eats. And um, I said to the chap, you know, how come you're not open? And he said, a lot of businesses have decided not to open until the unvaccinated can join in because they didn't want their staff having to keep checking VAC certificates and all that sort of stuff. So I think these these figures are quite impressive, but I think they'll basically there was a lot of pent-up demand mm-hmm. and then it's sort of like, you know, releasing the water in a dam. You know, there's a lot of a lot of water flows down the first couple of days and then it peters mm-hmm. out. So I don't think um, I don't think credit cards are gonna I don't think credit cards will ever go away because I think there's a cohort of people over 40 who have always had credit cards and you know, they'll probably have them for the next 10 or 20 years. Yeah. And I actually prefer credit cards to buy now, pay later because I think buy now, pay later gives you a false sense of um, security because you know, with a credit card, you can, you can look at a statement, you can see how much you owe. It's pretty clear on what your obligation is. But it seems to me, especially when we're talking to people who are looking to get a home loan, it seems that whether by design or whether it's just happened that way, the buy now, pay later people seem to not want to show you how much you're indebted to them. So they want to say, you know, well, you, know you can buy this pair of shoes for 200 bucks or 50 bucks a fortnight and then you buy something else and you buy something else and you buy something else and you look on your statement and it just tells you what your next four fortnight's payments are, but it doesn't tell you how much you actually are indebted to them for. So mm. I think they're a bit, I don't know whether it's sneaky or whether it's just the way they did it, but, um, you know, we're forever asking people to cancel after pay and zip pay before we apply for a loan because it's almost impossible to find out how much they owe. Mm. So I think it's one of those... Of, a stellar review of after pay. <laughs> no, 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 I just, I just yeah. think, you know, that... When, when you're going for a loan, you know, you've got, to, you've got to show the bank or the broker and the broker shows the bank what your living expenses are. Mm. And 
you know, if you're if you're buying something on Afterpay um, or interest free, um, you, you, you know, you're still paying for it eventually. And you can't sort of say, well, that doesn't count. So um, anyway. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I think eventually these things, you know, we'll probably be talking in five years about whatever it is that's taken over from buy now, pay later. Because, you know, buy now, pay later was around when my, when my mother was buying gifts in the 60s and 70s, but you actually, you got the goods, you paid for them, and then you took them. And buy now, pay later is almost like a reverse lay-by. So it's just a, it's taking something that's been around forever and just, you know, turning it upside down. So I think there'll be plenty more, plenty more things coming along. There was a, one of the articles I flicked you through today is about buy now, about a crypto organisation that's going to come up with buy now, pay later. So I think there's, there's a lot of this stuff going to be happening. But in the end, when it comes to being, you know, getting yourself into a, mode of wealth creation, um, which is about you know, investing rather than spending where possible, whether you pay for something on credit, cash, buy now, pay later, or whatever. Um, you know, if you're spending money on stuff you don't need, well, you know, you're going to end up in the same spot anyway. Mm, that's fair. Um, one of the articles that came through the week um, was sort of dip talking about people going through buyer's regret. So I wondered, we might just go through a few things here. Like, can you explain what buyer's regret is? Who does it affect in terms of property or finance as like the context and how people could deal with it better? Yeah, so look, this is, this is a thing that's been around in marketing for ages. Um, if you look at a lot of the car ads that are on TV, they're not designed to sell you the car. They're partly designed to make you feel good about having bought the car. Because what a lot of people do, especially with a purchase that costs a lot of money, is they have a thing called buyer's remorse or buyer's regret, which is, um, you know, if, you've, if you're, if you're you know, forking out a lot of money for something, you know, you get the, you do your research and all that sort of stuff, and then you buy the product or the service. And then after it, you often... Um, start thinking, oh, did I do the right thing? You know, if it's a car, did I buy the right car? Should I have got the blue one rather than the red one? Should I have got the twin cab rather than a single cab ute? Should I have bought the seven-seater rather than the five-seater? Should I have got the Hyundai rather than the, the Fiat or whatever it is? And that's just what happens. That's what people do. They second-guess themselves and all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's one of those things that... If you do your research, um, and, you know, I often say to people that I think the figure is like 95% of the world's wealthiest people have made their money out of property. Yeah, a lot of people have got lucky um, or have ran up huge losses and then got lucky. Um, you know, you hear about the Jeff Bezos's who, you know, for 20 years, 25 years made nothing and then made a fortune, but you never hear of the, thousand other people that ran up losses and are working in the 7-Eleven now because they've you know they didn't make anything of it so I think with this buyer's regret you've really got to just do your do your research um you know if you're going to spend 400 grand on a rental property you don't just sort of um you know type into google where's the best place to buy a rental property for 400 grand because you're likely to get um 
information that is put there by someone who wants to sell you a rental property for 400 grand rather than someone who knows where the property market's going and where it's been and all that sort of thing. Yeah, you need to stick to the people. Like when we have people looking at building a property or, or going to construct a property, my advice to them is use a builder that's been going for at least 30 years. Mm. So use a McDonald Jones or a Clarendon Homes or Hudson Homes or those things. Um, when you're doing your property research, use people to help you that have been around for a while rather than people who just sort of come on the scene and, and doing it on the fly or, you know, all the local real estate agents. So look, buyer's regret does happen. Most, you know, just not in real estate, but in a lot of things. So, but if you do your research and, you know, you back your judgment and you follow, you follow the sort of main stats, you're probably not going to go too far wrong. Yeah, okay. Some of those things in the article are good, you know, um, have, a, have a, a cooling off period. If you're going to make a big purchase, just maybe say to the person, look, I just want to think about it for a day or two. I just want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. Um, you know, compare your options. You know, try and stick to your budget if you can. You know, if your, your budget for cars is 20 grand, try and stick to 20 grand. If your budget for an investment, you know, if you go see a property investment advisor and there's some really good ones around and they tell you you need... Yeah, five hundred grand. Well, yeah, you've got to try and find the five hundred grand to buy the property. And yeah, the guys and girls that have been around for a long time, like the uh, Paul Glossops and the Simon Presleys and the John Lindemans and Kate Hills, Kate Bacos and those guys, Rich Harvey, they've been around a long time. So go and chat to them because um, yeah, they're likely to steer in the right direction. One other one we had was the cost of the average median rent and how it's how far the rents have risen and like Simon Presley's one guy that we, we um, we've had on the show that has been talking about this uh, at nauseum. Um, so the yeah. cost of the average median rent for a house in Australia spiked 10% uh, or $47 a week increase over the past 12 months to an average of 515 a week. Um, this yeah. is called logic data and the increase was smaller, but still higher, a, a smaller in comparison to houses, but still an increase to $32 a week or seven and a half percent over the, the year. Um, part of this, they say, is the rental hike might coincide with a number of available homes plummeting 17%, uh, hitting yeah. its lowest level since 2004. And then there's a bit of a state by state breakdown that we can get to later, maybe, but can you sort yeah. of expand on what they mean about uh, the lowest level of housing available? And, and like, is that owner occupiers have just belted the market and bought properties and, and that sort of made it harder to rent as well? Yeah, I think what's happened is, as we've sort of seen, there's um, there's been more people wanting to buy property and that has put, you know, there's more, because de there's more demand, prices have gone up. Um, because prices have gone up, a lot of investors have thought, okay, it's time to cash in and sell our property. So they're out there selling their property, um, which reduces the number of properties available for rent because you know, the, the renters, you know, some of the renters will buy property, but a lot of renters won't. You know, they either they can't or they're um, you know, they they're deciding not to. So, you know. The, the number of available rentals is at its lowest level in 17 years, 
but the number of renters has gone up. So that's just pushing rental prices up. Yeah, and okay. we've got some we've got some clients at the moment trying to um rent in the central west out of Dubbo. And at the moment it is a investor's uh, paradise because there are so few rental properties available and such demand. Um, another, I read a story last week, I think it was in Yahoo News, that in southwest Sydney there was a property on the market for rent and there was about 200 people turned up mm. to the open for the rental. So, um, yeah, yeah, I saw the got, photos for that. There was, like, police out the front. Yeah, yeah, it's just mental. Yeah, that's and that's crazy. that, yeah, a few of the property forecasters are saying is that, you know, we're prop, rental price is just going to keep going up because, um, yeah, investors are selling. So, um, look, yeah, there's more loans. Yeah, the number of loans going to investors is going up, but it's coming off pretty, you know, pretty solid lows. So, yeah, when, when something, that's why you sort of got to look at like long-term averages for things because sometimes people say, oh, investor loans are up 80%, but if prior to that they were down 100%, um, they're still not back to what the what the level they should be. So, yeah, a lot of people are predicting that um, um, rents are going to, yeah, in some places will go up by 10 grand this year. Mm. So, you know, some places rents could go up 100 to 200 bucks a week yeah. just because of the lack of supply. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a side note question. Um, there was those podcasts we did with uh, the the Greens member, Amy McMahon, yeah. and then the one with Simon talking about the the rent. Um, Amy was trying to pass some 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 regulations about how rental reform, rental reform, and how it would work. And um, just talking about renting, I guess, and how harder, much harder it's getting and stuff. Can you talk through like pros and cons of having being rent like renting with a family? Whether you reckon it's a better option to rent when you've got kids and stuff, or whether you should look to get a get a place because of like the pros of it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, look, there's no hard and fast rule. It depends on what you want to do. Some people, you know, a lot of people with families will want to buy property because they'll want to have certainty. They'll want the kids to go to school in a certain area, uh, establish friends and all that sort of stuff, or they'll want to be um, long-term rentals. Um, but, um, yeah, it just depends. There's, there's, no, there's no golden rule for anyone. So it really depends on what you want to do. But generally, most people, yeah, when they have a family, they want to buy, they want to buy a house. Yeah, not many people choose to be long-term renters. But yeah, some people can't get into can't get into the property market because they don't have the deposit or they don't have the income or whatever. You know, whether that's their fault or not, it's just the way it is. Um, so you know, you've you've seen a lot of people move away from the cities to cheaper locations. So some people yeah. are doing that. So one um, Next one we had was the ANZ uh, Economic Insight Report. So they've been tracking consumer spending, and this is sort of paired. You could sort of pair this with the credit card stuff too. Um, track consumer yeah. spending, and it's been at its lowest level since the Delta outbreak, which I believe yeah. was like midway last year. Yeah, um, I think Delta was up and yeah, sort of like mid to sort of mid late last year. Yeah. Okay. And and they they've also they they are imagine they're assuming that consumer spending has dropped so badly because of the omicron stuff 
and how there's yep. just like even here now i mean i'll go to the city there's not a lot of people out there like there's no one at work like there's not a lot of people at the office at the moment there, a lot of the cafes are empty and stuff like that um anz in, indicated that overall spending in new south wales was down 25 percent compared to a year earlier and the subsequent yep. states are a similar level of 19 percent, 17 percent drops um uh -huh. I, this is not towards like finance um it is in a way like what what what's your opinion on like what's going on right now oh look i, I just think like you know we've we've opened up um the virus is spreading which was always going to happen mm. um the number of cases is high but the number of hospitalizations and um you know, people in intensive care and in on ventilators is less than what they thought. So I think it'll be something where, like in New South Wales, it, it seems that the number of cases is dropping and same with Victoria. So, yeah, and then, yeah, probably in a couple of months' time, there'll be another one that comes out and, you know, it will happen again and then there'll be another one that comes out and will happen again. So, um, yeah, who, know, who knows what's going to happen. But, um, yeah, plenty of people predicting that, the sort of massive growth, massive growth we had in property last year is going to happen again, but whether they're right, who knows? Depends on like what will happen with interest rates and you know government spending. We've got an election this year, so there might be you know, some big projects announced in different different places. There's there's still a lot of the you know big projects that have been announced over the last two years that have still got to be you know funded and built. So it'd just be an interesting time, but. Um, yeah, who knows? You know, we're not sure what's going to happen with overseas migration, whether um, we're going to let, you know, whether we're going to get flooded back with international students or whether, you know, migrants are going to come back and that sort of thing. So, like, at the moment, I, there was a chap on the radio this morning and he said 30% of truck drivers are off sick at the moment. So there's issues with getting, you know, goods into stores and, you know, 10% of woolly staff are off sick at the moment. So um, I think it's, yeah, it's, I think we're going to have, you know, wave after wave of this thing. Mm. Ooh. There's, your yeah, spending's fallen through the floor, but yeah. part of that is people, people are not going out. You know, there's, you know, I've, you know, we've sort of noticed you go to shops, there's hardly anyone there. Uh, you go out to dinner, hardly anyone there. You go to a coffee shop, hardly anyone there. There's a lot of people staying put. Um, so, yeah, and there's, you know, a lot of people are isolating as well. You've got, yeah, probably. I think <clears throat> I think they said somewhere like a million or two million people around Australia are isolating at the moment. So it's going to be interesting times. And you know, on think I think on the fifth of Feb, uh, WA opens up. So you know, I imagine they're about to get hit with a wave as well. Yeah, see how that goes. I've got two huh. two short ones here. Special mention. Um, there's obviously been like flood affected areas in Queensland over the last couple of weeks. So NAB and Westpac have got like some disaster relief packages for customers. So that's um, sometimes we talk shit about the big banks, but they do good stuff too. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. And they've, they've all like, yeah, they, they've sort of stepped up to the plate with like, you know, uh, help for their, um, help for their customers, you know, if they're, yeah. You know, floods or fires or you know the mice plague that was last year out the out sort of western New South Wales, so you know the bank the the big banks do cop a bit of a belting, but um you know during COVID they sort of stepped in and you know didn't foreclose on people's loans and you know helped and and that sort of thing. So mm. you know we're 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 quite lucky to be living here, that's for sure. And uh, the other one was 
So Macquarie Bank has become the third largest bank via market capitalization. They, they've yep. already beaten Westpac out and have now overtaken ANZ as well. Um, what, what were your thoughts on this? Like, did you, I, oh, I didn't okay. even realize, I knew that ANZ had suffered quite a bit last year because of a, a myriad of issues on their loan books and stuff. But the, the Westpac one, I didn't realize they'd overtaken them too. Yeah, like Macquarie Bank do more, like they've certainly improved and increased their broker share of home loans, but they also do a lot of big structure deals and, you know, they fund a lot of, I know when we were overseas, you know, there was toll roads that were owned by Macquarie Bank. You know, they, they own a lot of things and they, 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 they do a lot more than just do home loans. So, um, you know, their share price is always huge. So, um, you know, I don't think, you know, nothing really came out about, um, you know, from Westpac or ANZ saying they were too worried about this thing. Um, yeah, ANZ, yeah, their turnaround times are still pretty poor. Um, they've never really recovered. They're a bit too paper-based. You know, the other big banks, we've, we've had a couple of loans with NAB and Westpac that have gone through quite quickly recently. So, you know, they're, they're going pretty good. But um, at the moment, I think, you know, We've never, even though fixed rates have gone up and variable rates, you know, variable rates are still, you can get a, a variable rate in the low 2%. Um, for a lot of people, that's just crazy, crazy money. Like mm. I, I saw something where um, it was from Shane Oliver, I think that balanced super funds have returned between 8 and 10, 12% this year. So, you know, if you're, if you're buying money at 2% and can make, you know, 20% on property or, you know, 10 to 12% on your super, it's almost like a license to print money. But, you know, and I'm not suggesting people should do that, but, you know, we've still got extremely low interest rates by, by you know, historical standards. So, um, you know, if people want to buy a property or invest, um, there's plenty of opportunity to, to do that now or to have a look at what you're doing with your your general spending and income and you know hatch a plan to to get involved was there anything else you wanted to cover too before we got out of here um well just a couple of things i've been sort of reading um about some economists saying there they think the first interest rate rise from the first reserve bank will be in the first half of 2023 so that was sort of interesting um there was another article we, we read, which was, was I thought was interesting, was about um, the price rises in um, areas where there's good school zones. That seems to come up quite a bit. Where um, and I know I know around Newcastle where we are, when one of the schools changed its zoning, you know, some people sold their houses to move. So um, that that's sort of um, an interesting thing. Um, in the last year, there was a stat about the um, the top 10 areas of price growth um, were nine of them were in regional areas. So, you know, that thing of the, you know, flight to affordable lifestyle or um, what do they call them, the um, virus escapees, you know, people getting out of the big cities to go to like Hobart, you know, Brisbane, Sunshine Coast, you know, and out west and up, you know, north New South Wales. Um, you know, that, that will probably continue, I think. Um, there was an interesting thing around from NAB, which said that 30% of people don't like where they live. 
which I thought was quite interesting. So there's, I think there's quite an opportunity for brokers and, and banks to probably target people who don't like where they live. And um, whether that's they don't like the house they're in or the area they're in, I'm not too sure, but that I thought that was quite interesting. Um, we talked about spending being down because of Omicron and, you know, once, once we're sort of over the peak of um, this outbreak in the various areas and, and um, people sort of get back to work and all that sort of stuff, it'll just be interesting to see how things play out. The only other thing I want to mention, we've, we've talked about refinance cashbacks before. Um, a lot of lenders have refinance cashbacks. So if, if you've got a loan and you haven't checked it out for a while, um, talk to your local broker because you can probably get a better deal and some free money, which is um, not too bad, especially if you use that free money to pay your loan down rather than um, you know, go put it on a horse. And um, the other one is about the number of listings going up in Brisbane. So that'll be interesting to see over the coming couple of months. You know, generally what happens when prices go up is that you know, a lot of people go in there because they, they can see prices going up and they you know, hope that there's still some growth there. But then people who own property there think, well, you know, maybe it's time for us to, um, to cash in. So, um, well, you know, like with everything, yeah, do your, do your research, don't do things, don't rush into things, get some good advice. And um, you, know, you, you, you generally can't go wrong. And it's, you know, if you're investing in property or shares, it's a real long-term game. Mm. You, know, you, might, you might get a stock tip and you know, buy a grand's worth of something that turns into five grand in a happy days. But, but generally the growth comes from being in the market for for a while but um yeah with with property like anything else if you can if you can invest in the right market for the long long term you're probably going to do pretty well easy if people wanted to get in touch with us it's moneysaverhomeloans.com.au uh the facebook page is always booming and we'll put the the socials in the in the description of this podcast so if you want to check us out on instagram and things like that you can do so as yeah. well uh if and that's it around, that'd be good yeah, sweet. That's it then. Yeah, share it around, and yeah, if you need help, um, like we've got, we're helping people all over the country at the moment. Um, got clients in every state at the moment, except Northern Territory. Um, not, you know, it's not that we've got anything against Northern Territory. We just sort of haven't got anyone there yet. So, you know, if you're in Northern Territory, we're more than happy to help you. Um, we're moving to a new loan platform at the moment, which is a bit more client friendly. So that should enable us to help um, service remote clients a bit more. And, you know, with the outbreak sort of getting a bit under control, we'll be getting back on the road to um, um, up to Brizzy, Melbourne, Hobart, and uh, we're going to head out to Ararat on, um, in a couple of weeks' time and um, also out Central West, so New South Wales. So should be a good uh, 2022. But if, you're, if you want help, even if it's just you want to run an idea by anyone, let us know. And we've got plenty of experts that we refer people to that um, can help you out if you need it. Easy. All right, we'll get out of there.